unwritten rules of Facebook. It cut all of our ad costs by over 70%. How do you want to be able to take in all of this data that's around us? Some of these campaigns have done up to $20 million in sales. I think this is going to be the future for the next 10 years. And now here is The Win with your hostess, serial entrepreneur, marketeer, and chief sexy boss, Heather Havenwood. Look, our whole world revolves around our iPhone, iPad, Droid. You know they say we look at our phones on average 150 times a day? And if you're a small business and want to actually grow, you need to reach people where they're looking at and listening the most, their smartphones. See, marketing via text messaging is a great way to start and it's super easy. Just text the word START to 72000 to learn more about my friends at Mobit. They're marketing experts and they will show you how to use text messaging for your business and to get more leads and convert them amazingly. Again, text the word START to 72000. Again, that's text the word START, S-T-A-R-T, to 72000. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Win with Heather Havenwood, where this is where you find out how to win in life, win in business, but more importantly, how to win with yourself. And so today we have someone on the line, Brandon Util. Utility. I always get that one. Let's call it utility. You know what I mean? Is that what I was to say that to you, Brandon? Like, hey, I want to say Brandon Utility. Uh, that would be awesome. But it's Brandon Utley. I will <laughs> go by Utility. I have had many nicknames. So Brandon, Brandante, Butley, you know, go, go for it, Heather, whatever you want to call me. Okay. So Brandon Utley, thank you for being here. And honestly, I laugh about that because, uh, you know, my original last name was Deweese. Okay. And so, uh, just a side note, people used to call me easy Deweezy. So there you go. <laughs> oh yeah. So I, I see why the heavy, Havenwood stuck. <laughs> yes. Havenwood is a way more cleaner. So, you know, and I just want to say, I love you being here because honestly, there's a couple of things. One, I was on your podcast and more importantly, I just read your book. Now, Brandon is a seasoned web marketing and public relations professional with, with nearly 30 years of experience. And currently he launched and the CEO of Go for Launch, an educational and marketing resource for entrepreneurs. But really, the thing about uh, what I wanted to talk to you about today is your book, Podcast Away, which is about podcasting. Now, when I uh, read the book, I thought to myself, here's what I thought to myself. Okay, this is going to be another book that's going to tell me how his major successes in podcasting, and it was so easy, and he went from zero to a million in like two days. That's what I thought it would be. And I was actually pleasantly surprised. It was this whole story about how you started one, it goes so well, you started another one with another partner, and it went really, it, it was there for longevity, wasn't going anywhere. And then, like, your ups and downs with the process. Um, so I was really pleasantly surprised. So tell me about, like, the book exactly. Why'd you, you know, what for you, what was the book about for yourself? Why, why'd, you, why'd you do it? Why'd you write it? Yeah, great question, Heather. So I started the podcast um, almost two years ago. And I launched it in a funny way. If your listeners have ever heard of a guy named John Lee Dumas, he has a massively successful business and podcast called Entrepreneur on Fire. And he also started a private membership group for people who want to start a podcast called Podcasters Paradise. So long story short, I was thinking about starting another podcast. You mentioned I had done one. My first one was actually back in 2008, which was kind of in the earlier days of podcasting. That was very short-lived. I got kind of distracted and didn't really pursue it. 
But then a couple of years later, I did start a show that was more successful with a buddy of mine called The Marketing Squad. And anyway, I was thinking about starting a new one for my business, Go for Launch. And I decided to reach out to John Lee Dumas. I was getting ready to go to a trade show in San Diego a couple of years ago. And I knew he was going to be one of the speakers there. So just at, on a whim, really, I put together an email, personalized it, and just said to him and his girlfriend, Kate Erickson, I said, hey, I'm going to this show. I'm looking forward to meeting you guys. And by the way, would you ever consider being a guest on my podcast? And I really thought, Heather, that I wouldn't even hear back from them or they'd politely say, you know, gee, we, we're, we're busy people. We don't really have time for you. And to my surprise, they actually said yes that they would be on my podcast, which was awesome for one reason. But on another hand, I actually didn't have the podcast yet. <laughs> so you know, I kind of went, oh, crap. You know? That, you know, that's really great because I think people, for, you know, go for launch. I call it don't wait for perfect. It's like sometimes you have to, you can't wait for things to be lined up and you have everything. You actually, back in the old day, we used to say sell the package before you even actually have the package. And that forces you to actually create the package, you know, so or create or create the course before you and then sell the course. But don't, then you actually have to create the actual course after you sell it, after you have clients, then sell it. I love that. That's actually beautiful. And you, in the book, you actually have a picture of you uh with John Lee Dumas and I think his feet what was all that about like I, I kind of read this story but tell us more about that like you have this picture you're gonna take this amazing picture with you and John Lee Dumas and then boom it's uh, someone's feet yeah so that a little bit different I actually got a good picture with John Lee Dumas and Kate Erickson so oh, I, I ended up interviewing so the I'll get to that in a second but the uh and I'll tell you about that other picture that didn't turn out so well. Oh, okay, so what great. happened was when John and Kate said yes, I went, oh, crap, because I was getting ready to go to this uh, conference in San Diego probably within about a month and a half after that email sent out. So I was scrambling furiously to say, you know what, I got to get this thing actually launched because he'll be my first guest, which is kind of crazy. So that's the one thing that people need to know about podcasting right this moment in time is actually kind of funny a lot of people want to be on other people's podcasts and they won't even ask basic questions like, where's your show? How many listeners do you have? How long have you been around and stuff like that? Notice that John didn't even ask. He said, sure, without even knowing. Um, and I'm looking back, I probably told him, Hey, I'm, I'm getting ready to launch the thing or whatever. So, you know, I wasn't really trying to pull the wool over his eyes or anything like that, but nevertheless, so I get to this trade show and I decided to interview them at the opening night party, which happened to take place on an aircraft carrier. So lots oh my gosh, of, so let's stop yeah, for a second. Yeah, a lot, lot of, go let's ahead. stop for a second, because here you are, you're like, okay, I got to launch this thing. But instead of saying, hey, let's get on a, like we're doing right now, we're on Skype right now, we're actually having a conversation, you're at your home, I'm in mine, we're in different states. So where, you know, you're actually saying, hey, let's do this live in San Diego on a ship, which is, I think, brilliant. I love that, by the way, that's really great. That's great. So here, so what'd you do? So what'd you do? Just say, hey, let's meet up at this party. Well, actually, he kind of forced that on me because he said, listen, I'm going to be really busy, as you can appreciate. I'll give you 15 or 20 minutes, but we have to do it at the opening night party. That's the only window of time I have. So if you can grab me, then we'll stand off in a corner and do this or whatever. Well, when you're on an aircraft carrier oh with like 3,000 people <laughs> at a conference, there is no corner. It's loud. It's crazy. There's a lot of distractions. So, you know, Heather, I actually prepared for that pretty well in advance. I got a lot of different types of equipment. Yeah. And I practiced and I made sure that the things were going to work well. And I, 
I even practiced with a friend or two just to make sure that this stuff was going to work because one of the things you want to do when you get in a situation like that and you're handed an opportunity is you don't want to screw it up. Well, so I wanted, to, yeah, yeah, I wanted to go in prepared. You don't want to the screw other, it up, but you also want to go for it. That's the key is you actually want to go for it. I mean, you're, you're saying a lot here, and I know you want to continue, and I don't want to interrupt you, but I want to understand that a lot of people are saying, oh, my God, how did he figure – like, what is it that he just said – I'm just going to do this on a, on a, you know, in a big party. I wouldn't do that. I would find a forced situation somewhere else that I wanted to do. Sometimes you have to go where the situation is and you can't force it to go to you, to come to you. You know what I mean? That's and right. So I just love that. So, okay. So here you are. You're at a party. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, done my homework and stuff. But the other thing is, you know, I had written all these questions down, right? And you think in your mind, well, I'm going to be able to have a cheat sheet next to me. But in the moment, things were so crazy. I really couldn't. Um, refer to any notes. First of all, I didn't really have anything to put it on. There was no table. There was nothing to, um, you know, put something on. So because I had rehearsed so many times, I really knew what I was going to ask him. And I only knew that I had so many minutes to do it. So everything flowed. It was really that one of those moments where you could say you were in flow or whatever. Yeah. And things were just going well. And they were very gracious. Now, I did have a little bit of a panic attack because right at the end of the interview, when we said, you know, we wrapped up and said, thank you. I looked at my recorder and I tried to go off in the corner to make sure that he recorded and I couldn't hear anything. It was so loud. And I freaked out thinking, oh my God, I just did this massive interview with these guys and I got nothing. I like, I'm a total loser because I didn't hit the record button right or whatever. So I sheepishly went over to Kate Erickson and I said, oh my gosh, you know, you guys were great, but I'm having a little bit of a panic attack. I think I may not have recorded properly. And of course she's looking at me like, you know, poor dear, you know, what an idiot. Right. And I'm thinking, <laughs> and she's like, that's okay. You know, if it didn't work out, we'll figure out another time. And I'm thinking to myself, no, it won't, there, there won't be another time. So, you know, hopefully everything worked out. So I kind of hung around for a little while longer, eventually went back to my hotel room and thankfully I had hit the record button properly. So every, all of the preparation paid off and, you know, long story short, I got the interview. So awesome. The, but the, the photograph you were referring to was yes. another icon in the marketing space named Pat Flynn. Pat also was at that conference. Pat is, of course, from Smart Passive Income, which is a huge business, huge podcast. He and John are both making a lot of money and are very successful and also gracious in giving individuals. So you well, didn't get actually a picture of Matt Flynn. You wanted to get a picture with Matt Flynn and then actually someone get a picture of their family. Well, yeah. So I'm walking off this ship. Later in the evening where everything is sort of, sort of wrapping down and I spot Pat Flynn across the deck, you know, and I'm going to be a big fanboy and go up and say hello to him. So Pat looks kind of tired and he's you can tell he's like, I'm ready to go home. And here I am walking. And by the way, I had also a, I was wearing a bright orange flight suit. I decided to be an even I, bigger Yeah, I remember idiot. that. So here you are. You're not only just, you know, you're going for launch, but you're going to actually flaunt. What is it? A flight suit of NASA? Yeah, yeah. I got a NASA flight suit, which is in keeping with the theme of my business. Go for launch. You are a true and, entrepreneur. You know that? You're a true that's entrepreneur. Right. Well, you know, against all the advice of my wife saying, <laughs> please, for the love of God, do not wear this in public. I went and and the thing is, Heather, I'm in a mastermind group with a couple of people here in Charlotte where I live and they were egging me on saying, of course you have to wear the flight suit. Yeah. Can't I can't do this. This is going to look so stupid. 
And fortunately, when you wear a flight suit on a on the flight deck of an aircraft carrier, you actually don't stand out that much. You don't. You don't. <laughs> so, you like this is normal. Yeah. Like, hey, do you work here? What's going to you? Yes, you, uh, exactly. As a matter of fact, I had a couple people thought that I was actually a former NASA pilot, which was awesome. That's and I had, awesome. To, yeah, I had them going for a little bit, and then I I was able to pull that whole thing about. Hey, you know, actually, I didn't fly for NASA, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn last night. You know, that that old so joke. Honestly, you know, entrepreneurships, are, for me, I think entrepreneurs are the ones that do stand out crazy. I always look back in like high school time and the ones that stand stood out or did something different or wore something really funny. We all giggled at like, what are they doing? Is this they're the ones that are the successful. You know, they're the ones that are willing to what I call uh, lose face. They think lose face. And actually the ones become successful. You have to be willing to. Uh, feel like you're losing, you know, face basically, or what I call not look good to be able to be successful in anything because you can't stand out nowadays. I'm not going to be boring and look like everybody else in black and white. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I totally agree. So I I went with that theory Yeah, and that was fun. So here I am trying to um, talk to Pat Flynn and I was a little tongue tied because again, he's an idol that somebody I look up to. And anyway, I, I decided to say, can we grab a selfie together? And somebody else was walking by. And so they got my camera, the, my, my smartphone, and they took this picture. But the guy had his thumb or something in front of the friggin' lens. <laughs> so I get back to I'm like, oh, that's so awesome. And then I get back and there's this big blotch. I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. The big so, blotch. Yeah. So I put that picture in the book just to say, you know, here's me meeting Pat Flynn. Not exactly the ideal photograph I was hoping for. So let's talk about the book. more. What, what was the intention? Because what's the intention of writing the book? A lot of people write books. To, it's a calling card, a business card. They want to, they actually want to use it to get to speaking on some level. Did you, are you someone who wants to get into what I call the podcasting world, teaching people how to podcast? What was the intention of the, the, you doing the, this book? Heather, I had different intention, believe it or not. And it was one of those things where it just kind of hit me. It was very, I, I started to write down some thoughts after that mm-hmm. whole experience as far as looking back in terms of not only starting a podcast or two or three at this point, but also starting different businesses. And everything is such a journey. And the thing I was impressed with people like Pat Flynn, who really paved the way for a large podcast. Now, John Lee Dumas. John Lee has a show every day, Entrepreneur on Fire comes out, which is just an incredible pace to put out that. But he's making a ton of money. So I was looking at it as I want to really dissect how is the current space of podcasting look. But I also want to look at it from my lens as a normal person who's trying to do this, who's not taking off like a rocket, you know, no pun intended, and who's struggling like so many people, not just with a podcast, but with a blog. You know, we get all this advice like, hey, just start a blog and put your passion into it and people will just show up in droves and you can monetize in minutes and everything will be hunky-dory. Well, it's not that easy, as you can attest. So I was looking at it more from a perspective of somebody like James Altucher, if you yeah. oh, I love James. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Oh, my God. His stuff. His so, is way, yeah, I, I can't I can't really be that raw, but I wanted to tell a little bit more of my raw personal story. You know, the yeah. fact that I've had some successes, but also some some failures. I know you have as well. I was listening to your interview with Joe Sugarman. And for example, I didn't realize you had gotten taken for a ride by a former business partner and, and it yeah. led to you going into bankruptcy, which is very <laughs> difficult. But you know what? Yeah. All of these people. James Altucher um, had has had many struggles that he talks about. Pat Flynn, he got laid off from a job 
as an architect, which led him becoming an entrepreneur in the first place. So, so that everybody was, has problems. So you want to basically say, hey, everyone, it's okay to have problems. It's okay to basically, um, you know, fail and do it again. I mean, I, I when I was reading your book, I to me, because all I hear is how amazing podcasting is. It's so wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And it's perfect, perfect, perfect. And meantime, I actually have what I call a, a podcast in the graveyard, meaning I have a podcast called The Sexy Boss Podcast is what I call In the Graveyard. I started in 2013. And if you look at the dates, I think I did... Uh, five or six interviews and I post them all the same day. You know what I mean? Because I didn't know what I was oh, yeah. doing. You know, I'm like, oh, well, here we go. What is this thing? You know, I had no clue. And um, and then I stopped it and then I've learned and whatnot. But I call the graveyard. And I think what happens is entrepreneurs, either we are proud of our, our stuff at the graveyard, you know what I mean? Or we try to hide our stuff at the graveyard. And I actually think there's more power in going, hey, look at all the look at all the dead projects I've started. You know what I mean? I just think it's way more powerful because honestly, uh, Joe Sugarman told me once. He said, um, "I'm only successful because I've failed way more. You know, I failed way more than I've succeeded." So, th- yeah, I, I mean, I'm the same way. And some of my graveyard stuff you can't even get to because I killed it off right. completely <laughs> and then you know did away with the ashes. So, um, but I wanted to just tell people, hey. Yeah, it's not as rosy as you think. And I talk about in the book, you know, how much money John Lee Dumas is generating on a monthly basis and others. And it is incredibly inspiring, but it misleads a lot of people to think, well, like you said, if I could just jump in and start a podcast, then surely I'll get on this train and I'll be one of the successful ones. But as anybody knows, starting a blog or a podcast, it's actually a lot of work and it's a huge commitment. And so many people like you, and I've done it, Heather, as well. You start off and you have all this passion and energy and you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to put out five episodes a day. I can't even wait to put these out. These are so awesome. And then like a month in, you go, oh, wow, this is going to take a lot of work. It's a, ton of, it's a ton of work. Podcasting is a ton of work because it's more than just this conversation right now. It's all the back end stuff. Um, it's just I mean, yesterday. Actually, it was Monday. I spent I went to bed like three o'clock in the morning, spent four hours on dealing with two podcast, two episodes, right? And just dealing with all the minutia and the details with that to get it all up and so it'll be launched. People don't understand the minutia behind it. And I love doing it, but at the same time you're like, oh my gosh, there is a lot to lot to do it. And if you don't have the intentionality behind it, like why am I doing this? I think that's part of the problem right now. I love John Lee Dumas and I love all these people that are teaching people, but I think sometimes they get it out there so much that they, everyone, it's like everyone should write a book, everyone should have podcasts. And I disagree with that because if you don't have an intentionality behind it, if it's just write a book to write a book, there's a ton of what I call dead, dead graveyard books on Kindle. It's like, what's the intention? Is there a business behind it? You know, I think that's the intention. You have to have that as an entrepreneur. If not, you're just spinning your wheels. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And so one of the things I was doing, you know, I didn't start out to write a book. I I started to just jot down some notes and some impressions I was having of, and I'm really thinking about writing them as blog post or doing a podcast episode about my experiences recently. But the more I put down in Evernote, the more I think I thought, oh, my God, this is way more than a blog post. And so, you know, it just kind of came at me in a flood of inspiration. And, you know, I just started to say, gosh, what if I wrote a book about this? This would be kind of fun. And I'd never written a book. Uh, Well, I should say I 
like many people I've tried, you know, I have a lot of graveyard books out there that have like three chapters and so never finished. But I, I went ahead and was very intentional and outlined the whole thing and then would just, you know, when inspiration struck me or there were days when I would schedule time to sit down and write, there wasn't really a pattern, but I was just like, you know, it came out quickly because it was something I was passionate about and it was fresh and I thought it was neat to look at it from the lens of, hey, I actually just went to this conference. These are real people. I'm a real person. And I'm going to tell my story. And so funny, though, Heather, the, the original title of the book was I was stealing it from uh, Lance Armstrong, mm. who, who wrote a biography years ago called It's Not About the Bike. And I believe he lives in Austin, where you are, correct? What's his name? Lance Armstrong. Oh, Lance yeah. Armstrong. Yeah, you probably yeah, live next I've heard to him, of that right? guy. Yeah, you heard him. Well, he's kind of a tool. I mean, you know, you know he's, I, I well, used to I, I like love him. him. I like him. I, I, I we even have a controversy around him, right? I like him. I think um, at the end of the day, he is still to me a hero for what he did. So, you know, yeah, I, I feel the same. I mean, you know, everybody makes mistakes. He made some colossal mistakes and he paid a huge he price paid, for it. Wait, he paid too much of a price for it. I think, uh, I think Hillary but, Clinton probably yeah. should. So that's right. There's some other people out there that, <laughs> that deserve, being a bigger, but, right? So well, yeah, no, it, I understand. Go ahead. Yeah. So I mean, I had read his biography years ago, and it really struck a chord with me. And it was called "It's about It's not about the bike." And his whole point was, it's more than you know whatever you're passionate about. It's more than just the equipment. It's not. And so I, my title was "It's not about the mic," mm. and I was writing all around this, but I really just wasn't. It wasn't hitting. It wasn't me, hitting. You know, you, right? in the in the core. And so I started reaching out to some influential people, including John Lee Dumas, including Pat Flynn and Chris Brogan and some of these other people in the marketing space to ask them to review a copy of the book in advance and hopefully give me what's called a blurb, a little quote, you know, that you yeah. see in about what the book's about and stuff. And, and I was kind of almost like embarrassed because I would send it and say, here's this book. It's called It's Not About the Mic. And it wasn't really cohesive because it's hard to I, I couldn't talk. I didn't have a bike analogy, you know, and I could only make up so many references to microphones and recordings and stuff like that. So towards the end of the process, I was thinking, you know, I was just brainstorming, you know, I've got to come up with a different something's not hitting me about the title and everything. And somehow I hit on this word podcast away, which was, you know, obviously a play on the podcast or castaway, you know, combining those two. And in, instantly in my mind, I thought about the movie with Tom Hanks, Castaway and the whole thing. And I thought, oh my God, that's incredible. You know, and so I went and registered podcastawaybook.com. And then I had to go back and kind of rewrite a lot of stuff because all of a sudden the analogies worked much better. I feel like I'm alone on an island producing all this content that no, you know, message in a bottle. Is anybody going to hear this stuff? And, right. you know, how long is it going to take for the bottle to wash up on the shore? And gosh, you know, will somebody far away years from now, miles from here, hear a podcast and have that impact their life? I think that that was the kind of thing that was driving me towards the end to finish the book. So what? You, so what's the future? Let's talk about the future of podcasting now. Let's move it off the story and let's really focus on the future of podcasting because you've been around this game for a while. What do you think the future of the podcasting is? We're in 2016, seems, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, well, it seems to be getting easier. There are more tools out there now that make it slightly easier than the old school way of doing a podcast. Things like Zencaster or Ringer, which are two different apps that 
allow you to record conversations like this more easily. But there, I think that, you know, as things get easier, just like when WordPress became the best way to, for people to start a blog or something like, you know, Wix site or whatever. I mean, there's but what, so. Yeah, but what's the future of podcasting? Like, do you know, like in the, in the world of business and the business, where do you think it's headed um, in in the world of business? How could why why would entrepreneurs today, other than just saying I have podcasts, what's the point? Like, what what would be the intentionality to do podcasting? How can people make money from it? Well, that's two different questions. I think the first question is why would somebody want to do it? And yeah. I just look at it as. The same way that I, you know, my first business, Heather, I started a website design firm back in the late 90s, which was early on in the process. And when I first discovered how to how to make a website and started doing that for myself and other people, it was an instantaneous reaction. I was a marketing person and I thought, oh, my God, this is like the most amazing time in history. Not since the Gutenberg, you know, press have people of any type without a lot of money or anything, been able to communicate a message to anybody in the world with just, you know, it, these tools that we have at our disposal. I felt the same way about podcasting. It's like now somebody like a John Lee Dumas sitting in an apartment somewhere in San Diego or Puerto Rico or wherever he's living at the moment can have with a microphone and a computer the ability to reach as many or more people as a mainstream media outlet. Mm -hmm. So any entrepreneur who doesn't perceive that opportunity to spread their message from anywhere in the world with a laptop and Wi-Fi is crazy. So I think that's the future of it is, is we're looking at it right now is that every opportunity that exists is here in front of you to be able to put that out there at very low cost. Yeah. I mean, the, the biggest cost is going to be your time. You know, it doesn't cost a lot to host these files or do things like that. It's simply to, to put in the work. So let me, if I'm, someone's listening and I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that say, well, would it work for me? Chiropractor, acupuncture, um, a local business, not an online marketer. I mean, look, I mean, I love the world of online marketing, but the, the honest truth, not everyone out there is an online internet marketer, okay? Not everyone can connect with Pat Flynn or Chris Brogan, these people that they had these big businesses online. They, they can't connect with that. They're in the, what I call the real world of people, businesses day in, day out with a brick and mortar. How can they and why should they do podcasting? That's, I think, the, the question um, now that you've done this book. What is, that's the question I think people have. I think one of the things that's changing, Heather, is yeah. the notion of what a podcast is. Okay. Because from the early days, I think most people saw it as similar to a blog. Like, for example, if, if I said, Heather, you need to start a blog and you agreed, then my next thing to you would be to say, by the way, Heather, now that you have a blog, you need to publish on a regular basis. And you go, well, wait a second. What do you mean? You know, is that once a month? And I'd say, no, you need to be punching out at least one post a week minimum. So same thing with podcasting, right? Most people have that this impression that first of all, I have to start my own podcast, which is not true. We'll talk about that in a second. But secondly, if you do start a podcast, oh my gosh, now you're obligated to continue it from you know, here to eternity. And that is not true. A lot more shows are coming out on a serialized basis. In other words, uh, you can intentionally put a podcast out there, say you're a local business, let's say you're an uh, acupuncturist or a chiropractor, and you want to tell people about 
what it is that you do and why you're so good at it. Well, instead of having a podcast that lasts forever, you could just come out and say, hey, I'm doing a six series, uh, six part mini series on my chiropractic practice. I'm going to talk to some of my patients and I'm going to basically give you in uh, 30 minute increments for a couple hours worth of material, everything you need to know about me and why people come to my practice, right? And you could do that and then put it up there and similar to what you were joking about your graveyard podcast or whatever, you could just pay minimal amount to have those hosted on iTunes pretty much indefinitely. And some big names have done this type of thing. For example, Seth Godin, he has a very successful series on iTunes called Seth Godin Startup School, I believe it's called. And it was a 12-part series that he basically took the audio straight from a series of lectures he did a few years ago somewhere, right? So it wasn't even a pure podcast, but it was just the audio from from him standing up talking to a group. And it's great material. He did it one time, and now it still gets thousands of downloads a month, you know? Uh, so there's that idea of putting together shorter runs, or you've even had podcasts from people like NPR called Serial, which is very popular, and they'll do these runs. They'll do like season one, and they'll have so many episodes, and then season two, et cetera. So I think that's one of the things that people need to think about moving forward. Redefine what a podcast means. Actually, that reminded me of a, a friend of mine here in, in San Antonio. His wife did a serial podcast like that. They homeschool their kids. And so she wanted to do a series about 10 about homeschooling. And then that's it. That's all she wanted to do. She didn't want to make this forever because it's not her it's not what she does for a living is teach people how to do it. You know, she wanted to share her experience and share her thoughts and helping other parents around the world. And so she did it and that was it. And she said, uh, uh, he told me that that thing gets downloads like a thousand or two a month, which is crazy. Cause she did like five years ago. That is awesome. So yeah. I think that people need to go, Oh, okay, great. I, I now have permission to not feel guilty for simply doing a shorter run of podcasts. I mean, I have a friend who has a, had a very successful podcast for a couple of years mm -hmm. um, called the Social Toolkit. He started a conference called Social Fresh, and he start you know he started it on a weekly basis, but he did a kind of a se season one, and then he took a break because he's busy, like we all are, and now he's prepping to come back with season two. So there's no shame in that anymore. But think about what you just said about your friend, for example. Now she has content that lives on. By the way, if you do a 30-minute show or something, you get a ton of content out of it. So what you can do is transcribe that. You can package those together into an ebook or more. You can shoot video while you're doing the audio recording and put that out there on YouTube. There's just many opportunities to repurpose that content as well. Yeah, that's absolutely true. That's something I'm doing right now is looking at how can I repurpose, you know, all my podcasts I'm doing with amazing people like you. So tell us about the go for launch. How can people find you? Are you now doing just consulting? What are you doing now? And, and if entrepreneurs want to raise their hand and say, yes, I want to work with you. How can they do that? Yeah, thanks. I'm, I'm at goforlaunch.io. But for your listeners, I have created a special page. If you go to hmm. goforlaunch.io slash Heather. You can get, yeah, you can get a copy of my free ebook called Seven Steps to Launch Your Business the Right Way, which also talks about some of my uh, best advice having done this a few times. And you can also get three free chapters of Podcast Away and check that out. So again, that's goforlaunch.io slash Heather. Goforlaunch.io slash Heather. 
I love that. Thank you for the gift from my listeners. I really appreciate that. Go check that out, guys. Seriously, go pick it up. And um, I did love your book. I really did. It was a fun read. You know what I mean? It was something that I got through quickly. Like in one day, I just sat down and just read it. And I say that because uh, sometimes that's the best books for me versus takes like there's this long drawn out process. Like just to me, I want I want the guts. I want what happened. How would you overcome it? What can we do now with that information and move from it? And so I really, I really did enjoy your book. It was well written, um, and it was what I call uh, in reality. And I mean that because it really was about what happens with uh, all of our projects, our graveyard projects. Sometimes they start, sometimes they don't. And I love the fact that you're a starter. You just go, can go, and go. So, and, and where can they find you if they want to listen to your podcast? Sure, you can certainly uh, go to iTunes and look up Go for Launch. But I'm also on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, pretty much anywhere you can get a podcast. iHeartRadio, that's kind of a cool thing now. How long have you been on iHeartRadio? I've been on there for a good six months plus, I think. I mean, yeah. it's now becoming a little bit more popular. It was um, a little bit more exclusive, but I know some people who mm-hmm. uh, have iHeart connections and they were help- helpful in getting me on there earlier. Oh, congratulations on that. Yeah, that's a big deal to get on there right now. Uh, there's a lot of traffic supposedly on iHeartRadio for podcasting. So congratulations on that. So go check her out at iHeartRadio. And uh, also go check out um, igoforlaunch.io forward slash Heather. Any last words? Heather, thank you so much. It's always fun talking to you. And I applaud what you're doing as well. Thank you. You are a winner and you are a sexy boss stud. All right, guys, check it out. Uh, go go check out his stuff. Go check it out. Go buy his book because honestly, don't even worry about the three chapters. Just go buy the book because it really is uh, a way for you to understand the true nature of what's happening in podcasting today. Okay. None of this fluff stuff. It's the reality of what happened. And uh, just go check it out. You're awesome. I appreciate you. Have an awesome day. Thank you for listening to The Win with Heather Havenwood. Interested in coaching with Heather? Go to heatherhavenwood.com and sign up for a business discovery consultation. Here is your free gift for listening. Get three audio chapters of Heather's book, Sexy Boss, How Women Empowerment is Changing the Rulebook, when you text the word sexy to 7200. Again, text the word sexy, that is S-E-X-Y, to 7200 and receive your three audiobook chapters. Number is good only in North America. For outside the USA, text SEXY2 plus 1-323-457-2288. Text SEXY2 plus 1-323-457-2288. Long distance charges may apply. Heather wants to hear from you. Questions you want answered on the show. Comments, interview requests. Email media at sexybossinc.com or leave a private voicemail. 51 Boss is me. Again, the number is 512-677-4763. Check out all of Heather's sites. heatherhavenwood.com sexybossinc.com e2lab.com datingtriggers.com This is a sexy boss rap. This podcast is a copyright of Havenwood Worldwide, LLC.